Today is the sixth day of twenty <laughs> sixth day of February. A, a little tired here, and uh, for the last time uh, on this particular pilgrimage, uh, coming to you from the shores of the Sea of Galilee, we'll be leaving the Galilee region today. And uh, by the time this day is over, much many hours from now, uh, we'll be in Jerusalem. But there's much to experience between here and there today. And uh, much to talk about from yesterday, which we'll do in a little bit. But first, let's do what we've come to do and take the next step forward as we continue our adventure through the scriptures this year. We're reading from the New International Version this week, uh, picking up where we left off yesterday, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1 through 20, verse 21. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I am. The Lord your God am holy. Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it, or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because they have desecrated what is holy to the Lord. They must be cut off from their people. When you reap the harvest of your land, Do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 
keep my decrees. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. If a man sleeps with a female slave who is promised to another man, or who has not been ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment. Yet they are not to be put to death, because she had not been freed. The man, however, must bring a ram to the entrance to the tent of meeting for a guilt offering to the Lord. With the ram of the guilt offering, the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord, for the sin he has committed, and his sin will be forgiven. When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years you are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit will be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year you may eat its fruits. In this way, your harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God. Do not eat any meat with the blood still in it. Do not practice divination or seek omens. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness. Observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights, an honest ephah and an honest hin. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, Any Israelite or any foreigner residing in Israel who sacrifices any of his children to Molech is to be put to death. The members of the community are to stone him. I myself will set my face against him and will cut him off from his people. For by sacrificing his children to Molech, he has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. If the members of the community close their eyes when that man sacrifices one of his children to Molech, and if they fail to put him to death, I myself will set my face against him and his family and will cut them off from their people. 
together with all who follow him, and prostituting themselves to Molech. I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them, and I will cut them off from their people. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. Because they have cursed their father or mother, their blood will be on their own head. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. If a man has sexual relations with his father's wife, he has dishonored his father. Both the man and the woman are to be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man has sexual relations with his daughter-in-law, both of them are to be put to death. What they have done is a perversion. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man has sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. They are to be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man marries both a woman and her mother, it is wicked. Both he and they must be burned in the fire, so that no wickedness will be among you. If a man has sexual relations with an animal, he is to be put to death, and you must kill the animal. If a woman approaches an animal to have sexual relations with it, kill both the woman and the animal. They are to be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man marries his sister, the daughter of either his father or his mother, and they have sexual relations, it is a disgrace. They are to be publicly removed from their people. He has dishonored his sister and will be held responsible. If a man has sexual relations with a woman during her monthly period, he has exposed the source of her flow, and she has also uncovered it. Both of them are to be cut off from their people. Do not have sexual relations with the sister of either your mother or your father, for that would dishonor a close relative. Both of you would be held responsible. If a man has sexual relations with his aunt, he has dishonored his uncle. They will be held responsible. They will die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is an act of impurity. He has dishonored his brother. They will be childless. Mark 8 11 through 38. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, 
no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boats. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, Seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciple, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. 
Psalm 42 Book 2 For the director of music, a masculine of the sons of Korah. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Midzar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is within me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10, 17 Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Okay, so in the book of Mark today, we, uh, we encountered this, uh, this journey that Jesus went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi, and, and, and we were in Caesarea Philippi just a couple of days ago thinking about this, and, and, and we talked about this. And so it's, it's odd that it's just like right here in front of us, this, uh, this question that Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And that's uh, an obvious, poignant question for anybody, anytime, anywhere, but it's, it's particularly poignant for those of us who are, are, are here uh, on this pilgrimage, moving around the land of the Bible, because we have, we've been walking in these footsteps and it just it becomes apparent that there there really isn't a more important question to answer in the life of a human being and that that answer 
can't be given with only words like anybody can say anything. How we live our lives is how that question is answered. Who do you say that I am? And so Jesus, along with the Apostle Peter, we can claim that you are the Son of God, that you are the Messiah. We can claim whatever we want to claim. We can say you are our friend, you are our best friend, you are the one who knows everything, you are God incarnate. We can say what we want to say, but how we live is, is the true answer to the question. And so we invite your Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth so that the path that we are walking is the narrow path that leads to life so that our lives are in every way, every day, claiming who we believe that you are. And, and, and part of understanding that is paying attention because we have many ruts and side trails in our lives that have led us through wounded places and so we live reactionary a lot of times. Certain circumstances present themselves and we react a certain way without even thinking, is the way that I'm reacting, is how I'm behaving, saying to the world who I believe Jesus is? And, and just observing that, we realize uh, the, the work of sanctification is ongoing within us and we haven't reached this place of perfection. But we love you, Jesus. And we believe you are the Son of God. And we believe you are the Savior of the world. And Holy Spirit, help our lives and our actions and our words and our thoughts align themselves with this truth. Come, Jesus, we pray in your mighty name. Amen. Okay, so yesterday was our last full day in the in and around the Sea of Galilee, and we spent the day around the Sea of Galilee uh, visiting a number of, of, of the more poignant places uh, of Jesus' ministry, beginning our day at the Mount of Beatitudes, which is the traditional site of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's been our custom for many years now to... Uh, to, to just let the Bible speak for itself, let the Sermon on the Mount be what it is. And so we just become uh, first century uh, Hebrew people along the Sea of Galilee going to, to hear this man that's, uh, that's got a buzz going in the region and allow the words to wash over us afresh because it is the foundational teaching of the way that Jesus was was offering and revealing to the Word, and it's a, a beautiful place, and it was a beautiful day, lovely morning, and uh, so yeah, we drank it in. Um, it's one more big drink of many big drinks, big gulps that we have taken along the way, and uh, and got some pictures, and 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 just enjoyed the serenity of the morning before uh, moving down to the Sea of Galilee itself, right down to the shores, uh, to a place called Peter's Primacy, which represents the place that, that Jesus cooked breakfast for his friends here in Galilee before his ascension, and uh, where he asked Peter, do you love me? Those three times, and then asked him to feed his sheep. 
And that story concludes the Gospels. It's how the book of John ends, and obviously we haven't gotten to the book of John yet uh, in our journey through the scriptures this year, but we certainly will. But we, uh, we, tr- we pressed in on Jesus' final words. You follow me. And we've been talking about that uh, during our time here, based in the Galilee, about owning our own relationship with God and being an active participant and collaborator in that relationship, just like we have to do to maintain any other relationship in our lives. So uh, a poignant moment to, to consider that and then down to the, to the shore and and. This is a time when we can actually touch the Sea of Galilee. Just be right there, walk into it uh, with our feet if if we want to. Just sit there and enjoy the morning. And then, uh, then we moved to Capernaum, which was the adult hometown of Jesus and his ministry base. And ironically, we had to play... I mean, not to ourselves. I've never seen that. But usually it's just um, v- very congested and it wasn't as congested as in years gone by and so that was nice uh, being able to maneuver around and and just appreciate the fact that our savior uh, he, he spent the nights here he he laughed here he ate meals here he had friends here he walked the streets here he preached in the synagogue here uh, I, There's nothing quite like that, to be honest. And it clicks into place different for everybody, and it it strikes me different every time time that I visit. Just like Ground Zero, uh, I mean, you're standing in a place that has affected the world, a a place that has revolutionized world views for thousands of years. It's, It's fairly profound. And uh, then we were able to have some lunch and a little, little bit of, um, a little bit of shopping before uh, before we leave Galilee. And uh, then we drove all the way around the lake, which is something that we don't get to do. But there was a wind advisory. We we were scheduled to uh, to get on a, a ship, a, a boat, at Capernaum, and then kind of sail across the lake for lunch. But uh, there were there were wind advisories on the lake, and so they had di- diverted uh, the boats, and so we had to go all the way around the lake and then uh, get on the boat. And it was a beautiful day; like it, the wind is picking up, but it 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 wasn't that bad. And so we went out on the lake and just and just worshipped and uh, spent a, a, a few minutes in silence. Really, the only silence, other than sleeping, uh, that there's been on this trip. And that, that just allows us to drink in what is happening now. Because uh, it's hard, it's a struggle the whole time, because there's a lot of information and just a lot going on in mind and heart. So to, to have these moments, these breathers, these opportunities to just rejuvenate and just hear the Sea of Galilee uh, lapping up against the boats, to just 
feel the wind and allow ourselves to decompress and rest and be silent before God is important. And so we spend about 10 minutes doing that, just resting before the Lord. And, and then we kind of worshiped our way back to shore. And that is the memory. That is how we ended our time in the Galilee. And we're heading out today and we'll go over to the coast and then make our way up to Jerusalem tonight. That's always a little bit melancholy. I never uh, don't experience this uh, departing Galilee uh, where, the, where the serenity of the countryside is breathtaking and uh, moving forward certainly to the holy city of Jerusalem. And I mean, uh, what's not to like about that? What's not to, to, to drink in and, and understand the profundity of it? But it's a totally different kind of experience. It's uh, much more congested and uh, uh, just, just just a lot more logistics. And so, so yeah, we're heading into, into that part of this journey. Uh, but fond memories will remain as we leave the galley. So thank you for your continued prayers. We're having a, a big travel today, day today, and all of us have had to load up all of our stuff and, and move, uh, and, and that's kind of how it goes. And we'll be basing out of Jerusalem for the, for the rest of our time here. But we appreciate your prayers, and, and, and no doubt about it, we feel them. If you've, uh, if you've been listening to all of this and maybe you're following along on social media, the pictures and all this that we're, we're posting as we go and you feel like this is something you want to experience, then registration for our 2020 pilgrimage uh, a year from now is now open and you can get the details at dailyaudiobible.com. Uh, just go to the initiatives section you'll see Israel 2020. If you're using the app, you can just push the little drawer button in the upper left-hand corner. And I push the initiatives button and and uh, and you'll see Israel 2020 and get the details there. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if, uh, if, if what we're doing as a community to bring God's word spoken fresh, read fresh every day, uh, and the rhythm that's established in the community to go through the scriptures together and understand that we are in this together and we are never alone. If that brings life and light and good news to you, then thank you for your partnership. There's a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. Uh, thank you for those who have, have pressed that link. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner of the app. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. And that's it from the Sea of Galilee. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow.
Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Chanel from Arizona. I was calling because I wanted to share something that the Lord revealed to me earlier this week when Brian was reading Mark 4:26 through 5:20. I had been asking God to reveal to me where self-harm and cutting had come from because I know His Bible and His Word is all-inclusive and it's something that I have battled when I was younger and something that my daughter was currently battling. And I wanted to seek His Word on direction. And so this week when Brian read Mark 4.26, he spoke about how the disciples were in the, bio, in the boat with Jesus and there was an external storm and how Jesus calmed the storm. And then he told the story about the man that was in the cemetery that had been bound with chains and it didn't work, but um, he would wander the cemetery at night and cut himself with stones. And how Jesus spoke to the evil spirit, cast them out. And when the villagers returned, they found the man clothed and sitting in his right mind. And God showed me how there are times in life where we will deal with external storms and how he is the path to peace. But sometimes we deal with internal storms, mental storms, spiritual storms. And he once again is the path to peace. And sometimes in those situations, we need a community to come together and pray for us when we are not mentally strong. So I would like to encourage those that are struggling mentally to call in, ask for prayer, ask for help, because we are here for you. I hope that is a blessing. I pray that God is with you, and have a great day. Hello, good evening, or good morning, all the audio Bible listeners. Uh, this is Brave from New Jersey. I'm calling to um, seek prayers for a nation in Africa, not from that country, but I'm hearing very difficult, horrific crime being done against women, children, girls in the eastern region of Congo, and it is very gut-wrenching. It is, it is just breaking me down to my knees to cry out to the Father to come to the rescue of innocent lives being destroyed through rape and violence, and it is so disturbing, and I'm calling up on the community to lift up the nation of Congo in prayers that God will show up and help. I just want to raise my prayer, my prayers to the Lord concerning the lives that are being lost, the lives that are being destroyed, all these crimes against this woman. May God hear our cries and come to our aid. In the mighty name of Jesus, please join me in prayer. Amen. G'day, Daily Audio Bible friends. My name is Kelly from Australia. I started listening in the middle of last year, and this is my first time calling. I wanted to let you know how much you mean to me and that I am praying for each of you every day. Today, I'm asking for your prayers over my sobriety. I've been trying to get sober for a couple of years. This most recent attempt has only been five days. But I've just listened to the podcast for the 21st of February, I think it is, where Brian was talking about what's clean and unclean, which was truly the perfect message for me today. 
So anyone that's ever considered getting sober, anyone that would like a sober buddy, no matter what it is that's unclean in your life, join with me today and make this your very last day one. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, I bring before you all of us that are struggling with what's unclean in our lives. We are your perfect creation and we will nurture and care for the gifts that you have given us. We ask for your peace in all the places we feel fear. We pray for your strength in all the places we feel weak. Guide these early days of recovery, Lord, as we walk this narrow path of sobriety with you. We are your willing servants and today we surrender what's unclean in our lives and what's been holding us back. Free us from the prisons we have put ourselves in so we can close the space between us and worship you. With every day we are clean, bring us closer to you and closer to who we were meant to be. We love you. Thank you. Amen. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible. Well, it's morning for me. Um, This is Autumn from Seattle. And I just wanted, man, the message today, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. I have listened to it more times than I have count. I've read it more times than I can count. Um, But today, I I really listened and and, like digested it from the perspective of the disciples. They were looking to get away. They needed a break. They were tired. Jesus recognized that. He was trying to give them that rest they needed. And they come, and there's all these people just wanting more. And um, so here they go. They got to keep at it. And they got to give more when they don't feel like they have anything left. And I, as I, as I, as I heard them say to Jesus, like, hey, they're tired. Can we send them home? I also heard, like, hey, we have nothing left to give. We are empty. We are drained out. And Jesus says, what do you have? And they said, we have this. And we have these five loaves and two fishes. Jesus took what they had left. They took what they had. And then he fed everyone. And so I just want to offer up a prayer for anyone who is in a, self, a, a helping profession, anyone who is in ministry. And I want to pray for Brian of and I've heard, I've heard you say that you're, you're doing this great, amazing thing, this trip to Israel, and you're feeding all these people. And, you know, it's tiring, but it's exciting. It's the Lord's work. It's the kingdom work. And I just want to pray for everyone. Um, Father, you, you sustain us. You sustain us. You bridge the gap when what we have to offer is not enough. And for that, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. Lord, we give what we have. Whatever we have, we just give it to you and we pray that you would take our five loaves and your two fishes and that you would feed the masses. Because Lord God, it is not about us. It is about your kingdom and your work. And we just praise your whole 